0: to Life with Zan. I'm your host and friend, Zan Farrow. This podcast was designed to celebrate how each of us breathe life into our own little corners of the world. Whether through work or play, it is my hope to honor the process and encourage others to do the same. Welcome to Life with Zan. Yesenia Lopez is the creator of Yes Yes Tamales a fresh, authentic tamale delivery service that brings tamales to your doorstep every Saturday in Dallas, Texas. Born and raised in Dallas, Yesi has always been passionate about learning, travel, and culture. Her brand, Yes Yes Tamales, was born in the beginning of the global pandemic. Yesi, like many people in the world, found herself without a job, so she started a small business. She had no clue what she was doing at first, but has been incredibly successful over the last two years. Yessi attributes her success to her incredible friends and family who have supported her small business. Hello, Yessie, and welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Zan. Thank you so much for having us
0: of course so i'm so excited to dive in and talk a little bit about you and your background and your business that you started in 2020 and could you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to finally start your own business in the middle of the pandemic sure um
1: so it definitely had to do a lot with the pandemic and not actually having you know a job like many Americans or just any people around the world. Um, And I just had that push to kind of, you know, I didn't have a job and I had all this free time. You know, many people were, you know, baking at home or doing whatever else they knew how to do. And so I
0: figured, why not? This
1: is the time. What do
0: I have to lose? So. Absolutely. um, I and now that I'm thinking about it, did you have trouble getting product at that time to cook for other people like since I know many of us were like not able to get everything at the grocery store as usual were you having trouble with that I didn't actually have I I know that I didn't have too much trouble getting the ingredients at some point
1: I think we had like run out of chicken you remember I don't know if you remember that but there was like a shortage of chicken, and like the prices were spiking up um I did have a little bit of trouble getting like boxes and like labels oh while to get here yeah
0: yeah so at the beginning like how did you get the word out there that you were making tamales specifically and did you just start with like family friends how did you kind of like share with the world that you were doing something new
1: yeah so it was definitely there were a lot of friends and family involved it was word to mouth and then you know, it slowly started to become a small business. So of course, Instagram, Facebook, and then, you know, people who were actually trying them. And then after that, it was like, we blew up and it was D Magazine. I think D Magazine was definitely a blessing and it definitely like created more clients. So definitely just word of mouth. And then after that, you know, social media and all the good stuff.
0: Yes. So for anyone listening, uh, Yassi and her company, Yes Yes, was featured in D Magazine, which was really cool to see. Sh- Shelby and I went and hunted down a magazine, so we could see it. And it's really special just to like see creative entrepreneurs putting themselves out there and having it be highlighted. Did you have a lot of orders after that kind of publicity?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it was right in. I think the the magazine article hit in January but um, we got access to some of the pictures a little bit before and that definitely for the holidays you know tamales are, is it's a big thing during Christmas and the fall and all that stuff so we definitely got slammed which was which, again it was a blessing for our first year so it was mm-hmm. really good that you know we had an article.
0: I think that was awesome and just for anyone listening that say like hasn't grown up around tamales how would you describe a tamale to someone
1: so tamales hmm i would say it's like a it's definitely something super special that takes a lot of time to make so it's kind of in a way a i would like to think of it as a taco that's kind of wrapped in a corn husk um and instead of being crispy or anything like that it's got kind of a soft fluffy outer layer and then a very you know depending on the filling that you have inside you could have you know black beans or you could have chicken or pork um
0: that's kind of the way that I
1: would describe it but yeah a lot of work to get you know one done
0: (laughs) yeah I, I, I want to hear about that but I um I'm sorry I blindsided you with that question. I was just thinking about it, and I, I have to remember that not everyone grows up in it, everyone grows up in different parts of the country or the world, and might not be familiar with all types of food. So, I thought it was worth mentioning. I'm a huge fan. I absolutely love your cooking, but I know that, like you said, a lot goes into the process. And like, what is the process of making, would you call it a batch of tamales? And how many could you make at once? Like, what does that look like? Yeah,
1: totally. So typically you can make, you know, as many as you want. You can't really, at this point, you know, we've had this business for two years now. So we kind of have recipes down. But um, usually when you make tamales, you're making anywhere from, you know, 10 dozens and, and up. You know, typically a day for us is during the holidays, we were doing 50 dozens a day um, or even more, depending on how many times we were um, gonna be selling or if we had any pop-up events. But um, that is, you know, you have your masa, then you have, you know, the braising of of your protein, whether it's chicken or pork or beef. Um, and then you have, you know, your veggies for your vegetarians and vegans. So that takes a little bit of, of time too, you know, um, cooking the peppers, peeling them, letting them rest. Um, and then of course, um, letting the masa kind of rest a little bit. And then putting it all together with corn husk. And you know, and you mentioned that, you know, you, there's so many different, you, you know, styles of tamales and, and whatnot. There's some that are made with corn husk, some that are made with banana leaves, you know, depending on different parts of Latin America or, you know, all over the world, there's different styles. Um, but it's it's a long process. After you make your masa and your protein is ready, you, you know, put your masa on or spread the masa on the corn husk and then, you know, fill it with your protein or your veggie and then let them steam for about two hours and then wrap them up and deliver.
0: Wow, that's quite the process and a lot of tamales at one time. I, It's hard to, like, visualize what that looks like, like that much food being made at one time, but you share some of it on Instagram stories and it's really Mm -hmm. special to see like the process of everything. And I'm just wondering like when you're making something, so I don't have, I'm not a cook, I'm not a great cook, but (laughs) I have a background in art. And so working with your hands and creating in that way for me and my experience has been kind of like meditative when you're in the zone. Are you kind of just like relaxed and in the groove or are you like thinking about all the things you need to get done? <laughs> no, I have to agree with you. I think that for me as well, it is
1: very like it's Zen, you know, there's, I turn on music and I, you know, have a whole vibe going because I am working with my hands and I am having, you know, the textures and all that It kind of, after, like, a long day of whatever paperwork or whatever else I have going on, I think that getting my hands into masa or, like, you know, spreading masa, it's definitely, it's like meditating almost.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think that's really special, and I personally don't make enough time for those activities, like, to kind of get out of my head yeah. and just, like, create something. So I, I'm i jealous that you have this, like, activity, although it's work for you. Right. But yeah, it's still yeah. like this unique experience that you get to have. And you grew up cooking a lot with your family, right?
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: And that's how you learned to make tamales. Sure. I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Very cool. And so now what is kind of inspiring you and I wanted to chat a bit about your experience with travel because pre pandemic you did quite a lot of international travel. And I want to hear about like your favorite places and um, how it inspired your cooking.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I would say, you know, one of my favorite, I loved all, I mean, traveling is just one of my biggest things. Like you mentioned before the pandemic, I was every year I would take a month long trip and go somewhere or Pick two spots that I wanted to, you know, check out. Um, my favorite spot that I've been to would be Peru. Peru definitely changed my life. Um, just the people, the food, the culture. Um, it's just so it's so humbling. The the food is just so good with just the you know the ingredients that they have locally. They're they they do not have to go out and and you know pick the most expensive. Thing to eat, you know, corn with cheese and butter, you know, something so simple as that and so filling, I think is, it's just, it's just, it makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> right. And I, even just like hearing you talk about it, I can tell how passionate you are. So I don't know much about Peruvian food. What, so you've obviously mentioned things I love, butter, <laughs> corn, cheese. Um, yeah. What, what else are, what else? Do they eat or like are you did you cook while you were there with anyone, or are you just like traveling, enjoying a bunch of food?
1: So when I traveled to Peru, it was pretty much just backpacking through Peru. So stayed with this wonderful family out in the, you know, their country area. Um, and they pretty much anything that they grew, like potatoes or corn, um, they made their own cheese, um, eggs bread avocado the very simple simple you know things is what we had um we had lentils um rice potatoes i think already mentioned potatoes but peru is known for the thousands of kinds of potatoes that they have Um, but i think for me what made it special was being able to experienced you know a day in the kitchen with them it wasn't just you know you have all your ingredients and then you just throw them in, in a pan it was cleaning the potatoes it was you know going out and getting the corn it was fetching water you know it was all that that made it super special for me um, they have tons of, of different styles of corn there's a, a blue corn that i really enjoyed that they make like this agua fresca which is just kind of like um what would you call it i guess like um. Like a juice almost. Okay. Really good. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I love just being in the, being in with the locals, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: I mean, I didn't realize you took month long trips. Like that's, that's yeah. a long time, but that's awesome that you've been able to immerse yourself in these different cultures and experience life, especially food from their eyes and the way they do. And when you were kind of sharing how, the just the process of food and cooking right. and and how it's a part of their culture is so different from how I've experienced like food culture yeah and there sounds so nice <laughs> like it's, it's I, the simplest thing but it's so yummy <laughs> right and just even it sounds relaxing I don't know <laughs> at least mm. it did with yeah very very relaxing <laughs> it sounded that way when you described it and being in like a big city like Dallas, like we are, there's so much food happening. It's kind of overwhelming. Um, It's, and a lot of the food you experience, there's a lot going on, right? And it feels so much like everyone is trying to create the next kind of crazy thing. Right. Instead of what you just described, kind of like a back to basics. Right. And that is very appealing to my mind, at least the idea of simplifying something. And um, just because, again, life just feels like it gets more and more complicated. So if it's a meal that you're cooking, even if you only cook, you know, once a day with your family, it Mm being this special uh, process and time together, that's really cool. So what other countries have you traveled to? I feel like there's a bunch.
1: Yeah, um, so definitely Mexico, which is obviously um that's my background, um and I think that was really special too. I took Drew with me, mm-hmm. and again it goes back to like you mentioned, just simple food that is so good, and then it's not being processed. Um, so that was always that that's always a fun trip to go to Mexico. Um, I've been to Iceland, China, um, Paris, London, Germany. Wow. I can keep up Thailand, Dubai. <laughs> That's so- a lot. That's yeah. a lot of places. <laughs> and I'm itching. I'm just ready to, you know, get back on, on a plane and just go somewhere. But, you know, with the pandemic and everything, mm-hmm. I kind of be a little careful.
0: Where's your next, like, ideal destination?
1: So we have three that I, I had some trips already booked before the pandemic happened. Uh, I have two of them that are booked, but, you know, they these agencies have been so awesome to just kind of wait because of the pandemic. Um, I have Nepal and I have Bali, um, upcoming. Yeah. I, I, I'm so excited to try, you know, that cuisine too. Um, but we were also thinking maybe Argentina, you know, kind of go that route,
0: but we're not really sure yet. So. That's awesome. No, I, I can't believe like you, I'm sad that you weren't able to like go on some of these trips you had planned, but, it's exciting to think, like, have something to look forward to, and um, just, it's cool hearing, in such, such a diverse group of countries, and from different continents, I feel like you've been a lot of places. Um, what does one eat in Iceland, is what I want to know.
1: Well, what I had was a lot of soup. <laughs> okay, okay. Because <laughs> it's so cold over there. Um, right. I went it was a lot of soup bread and cheese okay. um <laughs> just kind of throughout that I was really when I was over there it was like rainy and really really cold right. it was soup you know clam chowder soup tomato soup veggie soup
0: <laughs> okay so when I think of Iceland I don't really think of like oh exciting food you know like <laughs> that's not what my brain yeah, goes to
1: no. <laughs> the scenery like the you know the ocean, the beaches, all that, like, it's, it's it's gorgeous, even like hiking and staying out to see the Northern Lights. It's wow. gorgeous. But yeah, I think for me, it was just a big bowl of soup that made me feel good just because it was so cold and rainy outside. You know, you crave that when it's so cold outside. Um, Absolutely. And- <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think that's amazing, and I wish I was like brave enough to set out on like a month long trip and go completely immerse myself in a different culture and every time you come back, do you feel like different? Is that a dumb question? <laughs> no, that's not a dumb question no, I think yeah, I
1: think every trip that I've taken has shaped me in one way or another, whether it's um my, I think my style of of traveling. I don't really stay in hotels. I, you know, I did splurge once. I stayed in a really nice hotel when I went to Dubai, but I had been in Thailand for a month and it was just, you know, sleeping outside and it's very, yeah. So it definitely does shape you and the people that you meet, um, the children that you meet and, you know, all that kind of grounds you. It definitely puts things into perspective. And I think that's kind of what has shaped me, my travel.
0: Mm -hmm. And so how does that like translate over to what you do now and running a business and making food to share with other people? How do you kind of like live your day to day in a different way than maybe you had before?
1: I think that I feel that traveling and learning about food kind of ties into yes, yes. In the sense of, you know, earlier you mentioned, not a lot of people know what uh tamale is or what tamales are. Um, so I think that being able to share a piece of my culture um, to all of our Dallas humans is kind of, it, 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 I don't want to do the thing where it's not authentic. You know, I, I do try, yes, yes, tamales does, you know, do spinach and, and uh, mushroom or special orders for people that are requesting it, but we stay as authentic as possible. And I think that, that's kind of where the travel ties into our brand like we want to keep it you know I've had people that have said you know your tamales are a little spicy or they're do you have queso or do you have this or do you have that and you know I think that yes yes tamales has stayed very authentic in the sense of saying well Mexican food is spicy you mm-hmm. know we have different levels of spice and and, all that. and we don't take shortcuts, just kind of like the way that many people around the world, you know, that you know, you have your Italian people who are like, you know, they make their um, tomato sauce or whatnot for you know their pastas, and they don't take a, a shortcut. It's a long process. It's the same thing with yes, yes, we don't take shortcuts when it comes to our masa. Um, all of our peppers, you know, they're they don't come from a can. Nothing is frozen, um, and I think that kind of all ties in together. We stay authentic and organic. Um, because that's kind of the vibe that we're going for.
0: Right. And I love that. And I love that you care. First of all, that's awesome. Because I think the older I get, the more you realize not everyone puts all the care and love into things. And to see you put that time and attention in really comes out in what you create. I think I think it's delicious personally and I'm getting hungry <laughs> just having this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but and and I'm thinking like in in working for yourself, have you kind of struggled to feel like you were gonna have to compromise yourself, whether it's something in some way I know I've had, you know, times where I'm like, no, this is, this is my like hard boundary. And this is what I want to stand, stand by. It has that been something you struggled with? And like, how did you handle that type of situation where someone's asking you to make something that you just didn't feel was authentic to you and your brand?
1: I think that um, we have had that where, you know, we've had people ask that we don't make our food so spicy. I've, I've had, you know, customers who've said, is there any way that you can um, not make your food so spicy? But no, that's, that's like I said, that's part of our culture and we want to keep that integrity. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just, we're not Tex-Mex. You know, right. we are authentic Mexican food and authentic Mexican food has that kick. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of one of the boundaries that I feel like we've definitely set. Like this is, you can choose from all the other options that we have, you know, black bean that's not spicy at all or whatnot, but definitely keeping the integrity of our food.
0: No, that's amazing. And I love to hear that. I think so many people that go into business for themselves feel like they have to say yes to everything, right? And Mm -hmm. they have to kind of like compromise themselves just to get their name out there or get ahead. And so I think it's an important reminder that you can stick by yourself and choose that because you've still been incredibly successful and never been short on orders. So no. um, <laughs> I think um, it's a good reminder and for anyone that is thinking about working for yourself, there's there's gonna be um, some pushback. And people not intentionally are going to test um your boundaries, right? And right. who you are and what you're looking to create um so i think that's just always something good to keep in mind so what outside of travel is inspiring you right now
1: i think honestly to be completely transparent i think that what's inspiring me right now is i i'm eager to get my like my personal life as far as like a family going and um I think just staying on top of our business and then seeing it kind of grow um in the future is what's pushing me right now to see where this goes, you yes. know, three four years from now. Um and then also a family and you know getting my my personal life going. Um that's definitely pushing me right now.
0: That's incredible. I I really love that answer. I I'm here so much um, big plans and big change and crazy things all the time from fellow entrepreneurs. So you being dedicated to what you're doing and um, trusting the, the long run is amazing. But I do want to talk about that you're made a little bit of a recent transition in work and have added something to your plate, not a new thing to you, but new to us. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I have a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and a minor in psychology, and I have been working really hard to, you know, figure out what part of where I wanted to be in my, you know, in my studies and whatnot. And um, as of last year, I decided that I wanted to pursue my paralegal certification. I always thought that I, you know, wanted to go to law school and whatnot. But I got a lot of advice from amazing women that I've met at different law firms and they suggested to start off as a paralegal and then slowly move towards um, a law degree if that's what I still want to do. So um, I took the time to kind of um, set up some interviews or, you know, apply for different jobs. And I've had a couple of interviews. And as of two days ago, I recently just got hired at a law firm. So I'll Yay. be Yay, entry-level paralegal um, while also running a small business, so
0: I'm excited for that and all
1: the challenges are coming my way.
0: Yeah, I I think, first of all, congratulations. And I think that's so cool. I I have another friend who's a paralegal, and I always call her a lawyer, and she it gets very annoyed with me, but it's kind of this <laughs> yeah. ongoing joke at this point um, yeah. that I tell everyone she's a lawyer. <laughs> and she's, she's like, like no, I'm not. She, well, she, she doesn't want to be. She doesn't want to be. Yeah. And she's just like, no, I'm not, but sure. And I, I jokingly ask her legal advice, and I, I I promise I will not do that to you, potentially. <laughs> um <laughs> But I I think this is an important thing for people to to know about because so many of us are doing multiple things. Yeah. So many of us have a nine to five and have a side hustle or have basically two full-time jobs. Um and in school in itself is a full-time job. So mm-hmm. we're at whatever stage someone's at, knowing that like it's it's okay to not feel like you're in the I've made it stage or to be like at the finish line of something where we're all kind of constantly working towards the next thing and um, you have a successful business and you're looking to pursue more things and you, you can do both.
1: Yeah, as you can do more than just two things. I think right. that we grew up, you know, I think our, I don't necessarily want to say our parents, but we grow up, you know, picking one thing. Um, I, like you could say, I want to grow up and I want to be a doctor. Or I want to grow up and be, you know, I don't know, a musician. Well, you can love cuisine too. You can also be a cook, or you can also be, you don't have to limit yourself to one thing. I think that's very important if you want to have a side hustle, like you mentioned, but also go to school or have two things that you love. I mean, I love cooking, I love, you know, all of that, but I also have my nerdy side and I love, you know, what I've what I went to school for. So you can have more than one thing. And I think that's something that people should you know, keep in mind. And I, I don't really think that there's, you know, just like you mentioned, a finish line. I think that we continue to learn and we continue to find things that we love or wanna pursue or wanna learn about. So there's no pressure mm-hmm. to just find one thing that you wanna stick to just because you should focus on one thing or society is telling you to focus on one thing.
0: Absolutely. And that's kind of why I wanted to create a podcast all about process, because mm-hmm. we, we live there where we live in the process, whether you're, you know, doing a bunch of cooking for the week, or you're working or you're studying anything. It it all plays into the bigger picture and we get to have fun and enjoy and feel satisfaction right now, even though it can be so hard to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you specifically in the last two years, like owning a business in the pandemic, like what has been like your biggest lesson learned overall?
1: I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned which you might get this answer a lot from other people, but you may not, is trusting, being sure who you're trusting, doing your research on the people that you might think that you wanna go into a business with. Um, You know, asking, um, I think that's my personal biggest one. I went into business with, you know, the wrong people. And I think that's where I felt like I should have done more research and, asked around you know when i first started this whole thing um i felt like i gave too much trust to the wrong people mm-hmm. so i think that's probably the biggest lesson for me
0: and now that you're trusting yourself are you feeling more successful and happier what is what does that look like if you're trusting you know your just your intuition
1: um i feel that it trusting myself kind of it in a way it kind of it teaches you that you have the capability of, you know, doing things that you thought you couldn't do. You know what I mean? Just leaving yourself a little bit more. I think that's something that I, another thing, that's a great point that I didn't think that there were many things that I could do on my own, or I'm like, I don't know if I I can do this. I don't know if I have what it takes. And then knowing that, hey, I did this, you know, with the help of my family and my friends, you know, Mm But also I was able to make those decisions on my own and learn from them. And also now I feel more confident in knowing, you know, like you said, following that intuition that, you know, I should continue to follow it because I know what I'm doing a little bit, you know?
0: (laughs) I think that's a good reminder. I'm always forgetting that. I'm constantly Mm -hmm. trying to remind myself to like trust my initial feeling on something Mm -hmm. and but then my mind takes over and my mind's like, no, what you, you should do this thing. And, um, I've made that mistake, uh, more times than I'd like to admit, but it's, um, an important reminder. And I think the more people hear it from the more people and yes, you were not the first person to give that answer, which I think is good. It's, which is good. Um, it's uh, the perfect reminder to hear it again, again from different people that uh, have different jobs and, um, live in completely different worlds. It's totally a universal lesson. uh, And I think one we'll all continue to learn (laughs) and have reminders of as time goes on. So for honoring process in your life, where do you find satisfaction and joy in the in-between when you're creating?
1: Hmm, that's a big question. I think in the middle of like, like all the chaos, knowing that everything's going to be just fine, like, you know, when you're going through the whole process of whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's learning something new. I think that one of the biggest things that I kind of live by, is like the universe has already kind of taken care of it. So just, you know, breathe and, you know allow just trust the process I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of where I stand with that
0: yes we definitely share that view and kind of that reminder that we're not in control and you kind of got to let it go and hand it over to trust that you know right. it's being taken care of and Yessie, I've so enjoyed our conversation and I Want you to share where people can find you and if they're local, order tamales from you? So, where can people find you online?
1: Sure, um, our website is orderyesyes.com, um, but you can always shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we deliver locally here in Dallas, um, but if there's a special order um, outside of Dallas, you know, just if you send me a message, we can, I'm sure, we can work
0: something out. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Life with Zan. If you like what you hear, go ahead and rate and review the podcast to give Life with Zan a little boost. We will be back each week from March through May. I'll see you next Thursday.